Hello and welcome to part two of our squad review. If you've listened to the first part, you will already know the drill, but let me fill you in in case you haven't. We're giving the Arsenal first team a grade for how they've performed this season and deciding whether we should keep, sell or loan them out this summer. This took absolutely ages, so after recording we've split it into two podcasts. The goalkeepers and defenders were covered in part one, and in this part we go over the midfielders and the forwards. Make sure you check out both parts so you know how we feel about the whole squad going into this transfer window. But before we get into it, Stephen from Scouted has sent us a short message about why you should back their crowdfunding campaign. Hello Podshot crew, it's Stephen from Scouted Football. Seb and the Alexes have been extremely kind to give me a slot on their show to let you all know about the big crowdfunding campaign we've got going over at Scouted as we relaunch our print magazine. We've got heaps of things planned for it, with profiles on some of our favourite up-and-coming youngsters, including Rasmus Hoyland, Ivan Fresneda, Gabri Vega and Alex Scott, as well as features on a wide range of interesting topics and a beautiful cover graced by Enzo Fernandez. Understandably, if you don't want to buy a magazine with a Chelsea player on the front, we've also got you sorted with an Argentina-themed hardcover edition as well. For more information, there'll be a link to our Kickstarter campaign as well as our Twitter in the podcast description. But be quick, the campaign will end on July 5. Granite Chaka is next. Uh, that was my great Seb impersonation there. I'm sure you loved it. Uh, he does seem to be heading out the door this summer, and we talked about him a lot last pod, so we're not going to go over him massively. Um, Alex, what's your rating for him? Um, for me, honestly, A, A+, in terms of this being relative to our expectations, this is the best season with us, um, I think he was a huge part of everything, it would be more of a B if it was relative to the rest of the squad, um, or B+, maybe, but yeah, I think A, A+, does him justice, had his best seasons going out of the high, I'm sad he's leaving, I, he's not someone I would have wanted to sell if he wasn't saying that he was leaving, um, but he he is so we don't really get a we don't really get a, a say with the keep sell loan here. Um, but I wish him the best at Leverkusen. If that's where he ends up, I don't know. Probably is. Uh, Seb. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that, Alex. That like he's going. We can't really do anything about it. From the older midfielders in the group, he's probably the one I would have liked to have kept around, both for his off on and off the pitch stuff. Uh, he's an A. He exceeded all expectations he had on how he would play that role. Uh, had an, the redemption arc that basically defined the season and the title race. Um, I love this man, and I've said it multiple times. I think I'm going to go with A+. Plus. Um, yeah, I, well, I don't know. A. I'm being harsh. I could agree yeah. with A+. Plus. A, A+. Plus. Granite Jacker, we love you. Um, please don't leave, even though you are leaving. Please don't leave. Next, Thomas Partey, 29-year-old, contract until 2025. Alex Collins, rate his season. <laughs> I gave him a C. Yeah. Um, I think he was actually, he was really good first half of the season. I think he was disappointing second half of the season. Um, personal bias maybe comes in a little bit, but... I don't give a fuck. Um, I would also sell him, <laughs> but I don't. I don't actually see him being sold. I don't really buy those links at all. 
two Italian clubs. They won't say who. I'm just kind of being floated around. Hopefully Saudi, you know, some Saudi team wants to respond to Kante coming into the league and decides to take him off our hands. But yeah, I would sell him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't actually think we can, as much as I would like to, we can't give him a grade lower than a C, B minus maybe. Uh, because from like October when he came back from his injury till March, he was really good. Although he still has those issues that he just has of not being a pivot, playing the pivot in a row, in a way which, you know, we can compensate for, but isn't ideal. Um, preferably I'd like to sell him if we are able to get an offer. Uh, I think he's dispensable, especially if we get rise. Yeah. Just to add on to that, I think we, we should also be speaking about looking ahead to next season. I think he was a hugely important part of the season. Um, we don't really have a player who can do what he does, um, but next season we will. And also, he can't really do what I think we need going forward as this team evolves. So, so yeah, I agree it's dispensable. It's at the right age to sell. Um, yeah, I don't think he's going to go at all. I fully expect him to be here. 95% sure he will be. But yeah, I would sell him. Like, just from a club perspective, if Rice comes in, we have three pivots, four if we count Elneny. Um, Partey can play an inverted right-back role. I don't actually think he's great at it, but he could be serviceable there. Probably won't if we get Fresneda. But, like, 29-year-old, he still has some sort of reputational value and sort of market value. Uh, second to last year of his deal if we run him into the last year and he doesn't play as much the value we would get back would diminish greatly um, and there's just one other thing that sort of uh, disturbs him from being a valuable squad member and that's just the inconsistency he has we just haven't had a season where he was consistently available and also just inconsistency in his game like he has stretches of two, three months where he executes his role well and then drops off and then comes back and drops off. Like, we can't carry that forward if we get a midfielder who can do far better in that role. If he does stay, his minutes are surely reduced next season. Like, he played 2,600 minutes in all competitions this season, roughly, and he will surely play less than that if we are in for the number of midfielders that we seem to be in for. Uh, my rating for Partey, um, to quote one of the great midfield pivots of the last 20 years, Gennaro Gattuso, sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe <laughs> shit. C. <laughs> Next up on the list is our captain leader legend, Mr. Martin Erdegar. Seb, what do you make of Martin Erdegar? Um, Grade-wise, I have him as an A as well. I actually didn't think he was able to exceed my expectation for him coming into the season but the sheer output he had sort of puts him over the edge there um i can't say much bad things about him he's just a wonderful footballer a great captain for the team press leader um now able to contribute output at that level he i hope he's here for 10 more years Agreed. Yeah, I gave him an A as well, because um, I think he, he has a level beyond what he showed 
even the season, but even then, like he was fantastic. I never saw that goal scoring potential in him. Um, particularly, you know, I, I think we started to see the willingness to shoot and take on shots last season. Shot selection got better this season, but what was most impressive is that anticipation, those late runs, those staggered runs. Um, yeah, I want to see a little bit more from him creatively because um, I think he has that in him. And then I think he did have certain parts of the season. Sometimes he can get too easily clamped and bullied out of games. Those are things that I want to see him deal with next season. Um, and I'm very interested to see how we use him next season. I feel like there could be a change there, but we'll we'll see. But yeah, an A for me, an, an obvious keep. Yeah, so just to put a number on what you were saying about the increased number of shots. According to FB Ref, Erdogan had 1.71 shots per 90 last season, which has jumped up by a whole shot to 2.68 this season. That is a massive jump in the per 90 stats. Uh, and really shows just how much more effective he's been in front of goal, as you say, how much more of a box threat he's been. Like, that cutback to him lurking on the edge of the penalty area on the by the penalty spot has been a theme of our attacking play over the course of the season. Like, he scored, like, at least two or three of those coming onto the ball from a cutback. Five, six, seven, um, to be honest. Yeah. He scored a lot of them. Absolutely an A rating from me. Absolutely we should keep him. Um, unless someone offers like three hundred million pounds, which they won't. So I'm not we selling can just keep him. <laughs> even then. No. Not even selling him for three hundred million pounds. Seven I've decided no. We we've declared it. Next up is everybody's favourite player who we signed in January, unless you really liked Leandro Trossard or Kivior. Uh, it's Jorginho. The 31-year-old has a contract until next year with an option to extend, and um, we all love him. We all love him very much. I don't think any of you guys want to sell him. I'd be shocked if you do. I mean, it's actually an interesting one. I mean, I don't want to, but I think th there's been a lot of discussion about people discussing whether to offload, and I think it's reasonable, especially for those who want to keep Partey. Um, but I don't also think it's that realistic. Jorginho seems really happy here i don't think he really wanted to leave london and i don't want him to leave so i'm i'm happy he's staying uh i gave him a b plus a minus um maybe b plus is more fair he do he definitely has some weaknesses that we don't really talk about that much on the pod not that we're pretending they're not there but just because what he brings has been so much more valuable compared to what Partey didn't have but yeah, some weaknesses. I think he did struggle in certain respects. Definitely more transitional games um, where he wasn't able to actually dictate the tempo. But overall, um, yeah, he was fantastic. I think I agree with what Seb said last week. I gave it some more thought and I do think he was our best player over that over that run-in period. Um, and yeah, I think I think he's, he's going to be super valuable next season. As much as a character as as a player who will play in certain games, so I'm excited to see. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see him more next season. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I think he is the perfect person to keep around. One considering Declan Rice coming in, I think there's not a better person to sort of take Declan Rice along the road and teach him more about being a positional play pivot, which 
he didn't ha- receive any of that education beforehand. Um, I think he opened a lot of people's eyes towards how good a positional pivot is when it's done correctly. Um, and as you already said, I already gone on a limb and said he was the best player for the last 10 games of the season. Um, I definitely keep him around having someone who has experience, who has won a lot of things in the past and who seems to be content with playing less than he did at Chelsea, uh, is an extremely valuable piece to have around the squad. And I definitely prioritize having him there ahead of Thomas Partey and sort of taking up his minutes next season, his theoretic minutes. Um, I have him down as sort of B plus A minus as well. He should have played more. He definitely should have played more. Um, I like what you said about him as that sort of mentor for Rice. It's literally what I've envisioned for him. I think you guys both know I'm a big Romeo Lavia fan. And I really do think Lavia could be a nice six. I think he's more of an eight six at the moment. But I think someone like Jorginho could really give him that positional discipline both in possession, knowing when to slow down. Romeo is only, what, 18 years old, 19 now. Already you see all of those things coming through. I think having someone like Jorginho could be such a valuable way of developing a player like that and having him understudy Jorginho and then actually ultimately succeed him. Because the sad thing about bringing in a player that I'm already quite a big fan of at what age, 31 or 32, is that you're already thinking, wow, he's only going to be here for two or three years. Um, And... Yeah, I think particularly within an Arteta system, you can see how important a player like this is, which is one of the reasons I had more doubts about Rice initially, um, although I've definitely come on board with Rice as that some something of a dual pivot player, just, well, at least for next season. Yeah, so I'm not going to talk too much about Jorginho because I talked about him a lot last week, but last week I made him my most surprising player of the year so I don't think it should come as a surprise that I'm giving him an A here Uh, to be brutal I thought he was going to come in and be pretty mid and he's come in and been excellent like really really good I do think especially given the kind of player he is like in terms of like that raw controller like he probably could keep playing at a high level into his mid 30s like, I wouldn't be surprised if we've still got Jorginho kicking around at, like, 35 in the same way that City still had Fernandinho kicking around at 35. He's not going to lose anything he needs for his game with age. Um, so, yeah. I'm not sure if I like think he won't lose anything. I think as his already not great physicality drops off, he might struggle a bit with his defensive positioning. Not than like in terms of knowing where to be, but in terms of literally getting to the places where he needs to be i think these things are always hard to tell like well you can always be like oh he's not going to lose this and then sometimes players become ridiculously slow sometimes they don't really lose Mm. this is also like the human body (laughs) you know what i mean some players really fall off physically and if he really falls off physically which he might at 34 then then he will go but i can also see him at 35 still be kicking around and if he doesn't have a severe drop off i agree with i agree that a minor drop-off isn't really going to impact his game. Next up, uh, Fabio Vieira. Um, a player that we talked about last week as being somewhat disappointing 
that we also talked about last week as being expectedly disappointing, given the uh, step up in physicality required for him to compete in the Premier League. Alex, as probably the person highest on Vieira of the three of us, you can go first. Yeah, so I gave him a C plus slash B minus. C plus is probably more fair. Um, I wasn't expecting him to tear up trees coming in this season. I know some people were. And he didn't really tear up trees, but he did show a lot of really good moments, as well as a, like a fair share of um, frustrating moments. But I also kind of think I can qualify those frustrating moments by feeling like over the season he's also been adapting his game um, from being sort of that impatient player who's always trying to get the shot, always trying to play that final pass, which those players really annoy me. Bruno Fernandes is someone who's kind of like that. And I think maybe Fabio Vieira was more Bruno Fernandes than David Silva as people were, or Bernardo Silva as people were expecting him to be. But he's been tempering his game. And you can kind of see, I think what that's led to is almost a drop in form in, in that he's now a bit too cautious or ghosts a bit too much. He still doesn't really position himself or make himself always readily accessible. And sometimes he, he doesn't really pick the right passes. But I think we kind of saw the same with in the reverse way with Odegaard, Arteta making Odegaard be a bit more aggressive on the ball. I feel like it's the reverse process we're seeing with Vieira. So I still think there's a lot of talent there. I do have big doubts over his physicality, um, but I think there's more than enough talent to to obviously keep him in. I've also I've seen people saying we should loan him out. I don't agree. I think keep him in the squad. Arteta's a big fan, and he's a difference maker. He's someone you can bring off the bench and actually... He has that final ball in him. I know he can be frustrating, but but yeah, so he's a definite keep for me. Um, I'm looking forward to him next season. Um, but yeah, next season, obviously, with how quickly the squad, you know, we're ahead of schedule. I think next season is an important season for him in terms of his future at Arsenal, where maybe if we weren't as good as we were this season, maybe we just nailed fourth, which was pretty much the expectation. Um, it would be, you know, another season of bedding in and he probably would have had more chance to impress this past season than he ended up having when we were in the title race. I'm I'm actually not as against the idea of loaning him as you are. Like I don't think it's going to happen and I, I think he'll develop just fine here. But I, I, I think a loan where he could get consistent minutes and build that physicality um would be good for him and it would probably show the doubters like what he can do a bit more like with regular game time uh more regular game time i i do think however that like he will get plenty of minutes next season in the side like i don't see him getting alone out anytime soon yeah i have a couple so first of all i think we're going to be playing more minutes that are quite significant so we'll be getting more premier league minutes as like odegaard will need breaks between champions league games that's the first thing Secondly, I think building that physicality you wanted in the Premier League, I think you can also still develop it within the squad. And my last thing is where with where we're at as a squad, if we loan him out, it just feels like the pathway back to being a key member two seasons from now is a little bit more murky. So in a way, it doesn't really help us. Even if he has a great season, like for example, who's going to be Odegaard's backup this season? I guess Smith-Rowe maybe. Yeah. But then you can kind of see he almost loses that sure, like sureness of a space. Even like we can see maybe with 
Balogun this season. I think the, the move for Balogun on loan was the right one because there wasn't really a spot. But even though Balogun's done so well, there isn't really necessarily a spot for him, which I'm sure we'll speak about. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't think loaning him out is a good idea personally. And also, I do want him under Arteta, developing into the player that Arteta wants him to be. So so yeah, I kind of I do I do get the arguments, but I I just think yeah. Yeah, that, that that's all reasonable. Like I'm, and I'm not like, I I'm not like adamant he should get loaned out. Like I can just, I wouldn't be like annoyed if he did get loaned out. Anyway, um, I haven't really got much more to say on him. What's your uh, rating? I think my rating is a C minus because I think he was a bit shit. Not, not <laughs> no, not not. I think I was expecting slightly more that's of fair. him. Not like loads more, slightly more. So he was slightly below par on what my expectations were. Like I can't think of anything, like in particular as to why. Like like I, I there, there's no specific performance that's coming to mind where I'm like he was shit here and that's why I'm giving him a C minus. But that's the vibe. I wish he'd scored that snapshot on his debut versus United. I don't oh, know if you yeah. guys remember it, where it just came to him on the box, bam. Uh, that w- might have changed things. And then there was also a really good um, final ball played into, I can't remember who, maybe Gabby J. But yeah. Yeah. He, he is also like a sexy player to watch, which always helps. Like, yeah. when, when he is on the ball and he does his stuff, it's really enjoyable. Um, Seb, what are your thoughts? Uh, I had him as a C- minus as well. I bought into the tactical hype with him. <laughs> And I sort of underestimated the amount of adaption he would have to do. And especially uh, his physical problems. I really underestimated that. Um, But he does have a sort of skill set that's extremely valuable. Like his ball striking is ridiculous. He's got a great final ball. Is good on set pieces. And if we develop him further, he'll he'll do really well. Um, I do think if we stick with two high eights next season... He's going to play a lot more, as well as someone else who we'll discuss. Um, so definitely a keep, yeah. I mean, I, as a general rule, I'd like the players who are already in the first team, if they are to be developed, uh, develop them with Arteta, because I just trust his uh, sort of one-to-one coaching. You said you mentioned him a little bit later. Why not right now? Uh, let's get into Emil Smith-Rowe, uh, the second player who has perhaps been a little bit disappointing. Did Smith-Rowe, not necessarily because of his performance, just because of Can I say my, lack of my grade for Smith-Rowe? It's N-A, because I don't know how to rate his season. <laughs> yeah, I had it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like... His season's definitely below expectations, but it doesn't feel like it's been his fault. It's just not what we expected. I expected yeah. him to play football this season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'm fine with putting NA in for everyone. Um, I think we're all also in agreement that we should keep him and maybe actually give him some football. Well, rights. yeah, this is an interesting thing because it felt like literally as soon as, as recently as a week ago, like he was leaving and then he got trust the process and Spanish tatted on his what hip. And now it feels like he's, he's going to be potentially a key part of the team next season, which brings me back to why 
does Arteta just not play players who factor into his plans? But I guess that's a discussion for a different pod. But but yeah, I'm excited to see how we can use him next season. I think he he still has a role to play at this club. Um, I'm happy that he seems that he's going to be staying. And he absolutely... I don't think we should sell him. I think we've fallen into the Gabriel Martinelli trap with him, with a player who had a relatively significant injury and with Smith-Rowe was even more significant than with Martinelli, um, considering it's a growth issue that he had for years. Um, yeah, I think we've eased him in and I do really expect him to play more because his profile is just so valuable to us. His sort of connection with Bukayo Saka on the right-hand side, if he plays there, was evident two seasons ago. They've always had it. They have a sort of intrinsic understanding of one another and can play off one another really well. I think he can develop into a sort of into the left eight where he spends more time than the right eight behind the ball. I think he has the body to uh, adapt to that role and sort of generally his ball carrying, his dynamism, his ball striking. He's an ideal player for this team. And I do really hope we'd see far, far more from him next season than this season. And I definitely think he's staying. Yeah, I just wanted to say, I think it's a good point about the injury stuff. But also, Arteta made a lot of comments that were quite pointed, which yeah. is what made me yeah. think that he was going out the door more than anything else. Because um, I think I would have... I think a lot of us would have jumped to, okay, he hasn't really completely got over his injury, perhaps, if Arteta wasn't making those comments um, about, you know, him, him having to come to the party, it's up to him now. They were quite pointed comments. Um, but yeah, in terms of where he's going to play next season, <clears throat> it's very interesting to me because I feel like he could have been an option at eight a lot in the run-in. We don't know why he won't play, so he didn't play. We don't know why he didn't play, so... I guess we'll leave it at that. But yeah, I'm interested to see where he will factor in. I would like to see him playing eight quite a bit. It's a role I think could really suit him, especially when you've got someone like Rice behind him, being able to kind of sweep up and recycle into a player like that who can take it on the turn, move through. Yeah. Two pocket masters essentially in Smithrow and Odegaard would be very sexy to watch. If you're, if I was like one of the potential options for us this summer is to pick up a is to go into next season with a slightly more defensive midfielder in the Granite Xhaka slot, uh, which means naturally I assume that Erdogan or whoever's playing there will push up into more, even more of a 10-8 than the 8-10 slash he currently is. Um, do we think Smithrow could play that role, or am I chatting shit? So, Firstly, I think it depends on how how the midfield's constructed. So I was thinking in that left centre mid role, kind of two high eight sort of situation. But yeah, absolutely could be um could be a deeper eight situation. I would pr- prefer to play him as more of an eight ten than an eight six for sure. The other thing is that I'd actually maybe even prefer him as the right interior because that gives him that relationship back with Saka, and I think they had a really good relationship. I also think people forget how good Smithrow was playing out wide on the right. I think he's really good there. I think I think his creativity is best there. He really picks good moments to kind of pick up the ball and, and play it across, which you don't really see in terms of creativity from other parts of the pitch. And it would also make it quite exciting in terms of 
if Saka comes in quite narrow, then we have him kind of coming out behind on the right. So I would kind of almost prefer him there, even though I think he probably maybe is slightly more threatening on goal as the left interior. Um, but yeah, absolutely, I'd like to see him on both sides. And I think an exciting thing, again, we've, we've made this point many times over the last two or three pods, but the flexibility that I can see this team having is really exciting if Arteta decides to leverage it. I see him more on the left side solely because <clears throat> I think if you move Odegaard across, you cut off some of his angles to a point where he'll suffer more than uh, Smith Rowe. Uh, sorry, I wasn't thinking of Odegaard starting there. I was thinking of Smith Rowe as like an instead of Odegaard. So like a more a, a more six, instead of yeah, not so both. like a more yeah. six eight in the left yeah yeah, yeah it's co- completely possible, completely possible that he plays higher up uh, if Odegaard's not playing. I mean, as Alex said, that relationship with Saka is intrinsic, and he can definitely do that. I'm also interested to see Odegaard as the left interior. We've never seen it. I don't think Arteta's a fan, and I agree. It cuts. We've seen it certain- once, and it was shit. <laughs> it was against Crystal Palace at home in 2021. Fair enough. I don't actually remember that. But I still, I would like to see it again. Maybe as an intellectual endeavor, I would like to see it. I agree about the, the angles being cut off, but I think with Odegaard also opens up different angles. Um, maybe ones that aren't as threatening on goal, but but I'd be interested. But yeah, I was also thinking of him as an alternative to to Odegaard, although I wasn't really thinking he would be playing left in Syria. Um, but yeah. Our next player is Mana- Mohamed... Our Mohamed next player what? is Mohamed El Nene. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you, that was an interesting yeah, sound. He's getting too deep into his pronunciations bag. <laughs> oh my god, we have been recording for two hours. Keep this in this and just carry on. Mohamed El Nene. Uh, so, Mohamed El Nene, his contract expires next year. There's not, there doesn't seem to be any rumours or anything about him leaving, but it doesn't also seem like there's going to be any real sign of him signing a new contract. I can't see any way in which he plays meaningful minutes next season. Like, surely we're getting rid of him, right? Like, well, getting rid sounds harsh, because he's been an excellent servant to the club, and he wouldn't be, like, he wouldn't be a bad player to have around next season, I don't think. But, like, surely he's moving on this summer, even though I... To my knowledge, we've heard nothing. Uh, I'm going to go to Seb first. He signed a one-year contract in 2022 with an option for a second. And we triggered that option in the middle of the season while he was injured, which suggests to me that the club has no intention of letting him go. I don't, also don't think they have any intention of make, uh, letting him play. I think he's here to do his coaching badges, um be a good vibes guy around a uh, group and then go off and do coaching stuff at Arsenal. And and play minutes if somehow all of our other, like, 20 midfielders get injured. He's the most break glass in case of emergency player we have, we will have. Um, he's also one of those guys who said he's never leaving Arsenal, so I don't even think that's a possibility. Yeah. And he's also doing the coaching badges here. He's just going to go into the structure once he ends his playing Yeah, game. we very clearly extended him to not be heartless bastards. It was a Santi Cazola yeah. sort of <laughs> situation. So, 
I think he probably leaves at the end of next season, having made one appearance off the bench, maybe two. Definitely one being the final game of the season. He'll play against Stevenage in the second round of the EFL Cup. He probably won't because I don't, I don't even know if he'll be fit by then. But oh yeah, yeah. I think he's gonna play like two minutes off the bench in the final home game of the season. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I gave him a, I gave him a B minus for what it's worth for the season. How could season. you give him I, anything I, I he has not played? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> B-. because my my rating is of LNA his of outfits or what? Like, no, well, actually, I put in brackets pretty much what you wanted from him in terms of what he offers. Yeah. <laughs> Did he play? <laughs> no. Yeah. Did we want him to? Not really. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Next up on the midfielders who we're going to skim over almost immediately is Ainsley Maitland-Niles. When I was doing this, I was surprised to see that he was still contracted to the club. He's leaving. Uh, he pretty much announced yeah. he's leaving. So I'm sad. I wish you agreed to be a right back and I wish you were part of this team. You could have been a right yeah. back, son. Why, did, why yeah. didn't you just want to be a right back? You'd be inverting <clears throat> like Zinchenko, but it is what it is. How has nobody ever sold him the dream of like, yeah, you're playing right back, but you're not actually a right back, you're a midfielder? I just don't think he wants to see himself like categorized as a right back on FIFA. <laughs> 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 he seems like that kind of guy. <laughs> I mean, I even oh, even to be to be well. Even, I'm gonna say to be fair, and then shit on him more. <laughs> but to be fair, <laughs> like if he's gonna be a right back and then invert, he's got to be like a pretty good mil- midfielder, right? And he tried to play midfield for West Brom, and he tried to play midfield for Southampton, and he hasn't been particularly good in either of those places. Well, this so. is the thing, is I actually think he is pretty good. Apart from his first touch, which is something I think he could work on, um, I think he is a pr- and and his awareness, but I think these were all things that could really be worked on. Um, I think he's, I think he has a lot of talent as a player. I think he's just a bit unserious. Um, I agree. And yeah, it's funny because when he first kind of just said what he played, he said, I'm either a right wing or I'm a central midfielder. And I was like, brother, if you play right back, you could be both of those things. <laughs> Someone should just say, oh, we're going to play you both as a central midfielder and a right winger. And you're just going to sit a little bit wide right to kind of play both those roles. But it is what it is. Um, but I remember Sam Allardyce pretty much said like, that he should just play right back if he wants to come back to Arsenal, and he'd be good there. So yeah, yeah it's and, and he just doesn't want to. He doesn't so. want to. Fair enough. Yeah. Next on the list is uh, Albert Sambi the Congo. Uh, he went out on loan in January to Crystal Palace, where he's played nine times, which is three more times than he played for us in the first half of the season. I think he's quite a hard player to rank. What 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 are we thinking about him? I, I don't know. I actually forgot to give him a rating, which I think says, or a grade, which I think says as much as needs to be said. It's funny because he started off, in, I think in his first game or two of the season, he was really impressive in possession, um, at least compared to what Partey was offering. So I was really happy with him. But I remember Tiles, we were even speaking ahead of the United game that he was going to be, or after the United game, I think ahead, that he was going to be a huge issue. And then we spoke about it after the game, that he was a huge issue. And his season just got really bad from there. I think 
I'm I'm a big fan of Sambi and what he can be, but like the fact that he wasn't even taking any initiative in the Europa League games really said a lot. And then the final nail in the coffin, I think already in my mind, was when during a title challenge, he actually asked to go leave on loan to play regular football for Crystal Palace. I think that just said enough about where he kind of felt in the situation where Arteta felt about him in the situation. I don't really see there being a way back, um, which is disappointing to say this because, yeah, when we started this part, I'm pretty sure in like the preseason sort of things, I was speaking about how excited I was to see him in that left eight role. And and it's just not panned out. I think he's someone... I, I kind of want him to be Kefren Thuram's replacement at Nice. I think that would be a nice environment for him where he can kind of flourish. I know Vincent Company wants him on loan for next season at Burnley, which I think does show how much talent there is um, in him as a player. But yeah, it's not really worked out. Yeah, he was one of the players I was never able to really grasp. And I think his season at Arsenal is in NA territory in terms of rating. Like, we just haven't seen him enough. He played a few times as Partey's backup, which is just not who he is. Um, yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how he develops outside of Arsenal. I think he lacks the intensity really to play in the Premier League at least now, so I, I don't even think he should go. There's also that weird thing about the, the All or Nothing documentary and him being unhappy with not playing, mm. which sort of puts the, the thing you said about him asking to leave on loan in the middle of a title challenge even more into the foreground. Finally on the midfield list is Charlie Patino. Oh, Charlie Patino. Who does appear to be leaving, according to all known sources. Charlie um, Patino. Yeah, according to Charlie Patino, Charlie <laughs> Patino is leaving. <laughs> but I want to know what you two think of that. Alex, again, Patino is a player that we spoke about before the season started, as someone you were quite excited for, uh, and you thought he had a bright future here at Arsenal. Sat here a year later, do you still think he could have that? I still think he has a bright future. Um, I know that he sort of ended up being in and out of the side, out on loan at Blackpool, but there was a manager change there, and the fans were quite happy with him in the first half of the season, at least. I was impressed, I, I think you'll remember, Tiles, that I... Didn't like him going out on loan. I didn't think he had the physicality for it yet. And I thought he would be best served developing under Arteta. Um, still kind of do feel that way, but he proved me wrong in terms of actually being able to manage the championship. Maybe it was for the best of his development. I actually still want to watch the footage and see how he managed. Um, but yeah, I know, I know from the beginning of the season that he wasn't really happy with the lack of opportunity he got in preseason, which is part of why he demanded to go out on loan. Um, and I think that's kind of been in his head. He's taking it into his own hands. He kind of sees that there isn't a clear path into the first team. So I think it's fair enough that he wants to move on. I also don't think Arteta is necessarily wrong for not... If, if, we do, if we do move him on, I don't think it's necessarily the wrong decision because... It sounds like he wants minutes next season. Um, I don't know how well we, how far we can go to kind of convince him. Maybe have another loan or 
you know, we'll play you this many minutes and then you'll actually become part of the, the squad when you're age 20, um, going into 24, 25, right? So it's just, it's just one of those situations. Sometimes you lose really talented players. Um, I think we've moved again, as I said before, we've progressed quicker in our sort of project than we expected to. And I think if we were a bit slower, I think he'd be part of it. I think he's a massively talented player, talented player. And I actually think he would be perfect in that left center mid role if he was maybe 21, 22 years old. Um, so it's unfortunate. I hope we sell him somewhere cheaper with a buyback clause. Um, so yeah, like what, even 5 million or whatever, but if we get a 35 to 40 million buyback, that would be fantastic business. I think somewhere over, outside of the Premier League, but a, a top five league could be good for him. Yeah. I think if Patino wants to go, he should go. Like there's clearly not much room in the Arsenal squad for players who do not want to be here. And I think that's a very good way of operating. I do, however, think we should slap a half decent buyback clause in there to wherever he does go and also if we try and charge quite a lot for him I don't think he's going to go anywhere so I think he's probably going to be going for quite cheap I'm talking less than five million pounds I don't think we're going to sell him for any more than that mm. I wish um, we were keeping him I wish we wanted yeah. to stay uh, Seb do you have anything to add? No not really I mean it's it's an unfortunate situation I wish we could have just drawn up a pathway he was happy with because I do think he could have been a sort of long-term Shaka replacement. What really struck me with him is how how good he was in duels in the championship in a relatively aggressive league. And I would have hoped that that would have stuck with Mikel if I lose a duel, I'm upset, Ateta. Um, and it put him in good stead. But yeah, if a player wants minutes, you can't, especially at that young age, you can't guarantee him that. So I just hope we retain him somehow, like buyback. Can I ask, um, how good was he in terms of defending the space behind him? One of my issues with him at youth level was he was never really aware of what was happening behind him. He was good in sort of deals when he was facing up against a guy, but then not really aware of like movement behind him was generally his issue as a midfielder. From what I did, most of the dueling thing I saw was actually in front of him, not behind him. So yeah, can't really judge yeah. that too much. I never really saw full games. I just saw uh, highlight packages. Tiles will remember from because I made Tiles watch academy games <laughs> at the beginning of the season. How exciting he was and how he can literally float everywhere and be effective everywhere. Can control from deep. Can receive high and wide. He's he's a fun player. Into our final section of the podcast, the forwards. What we're going to do is we've got a few players that we want to talk about and spend quite a bit of time on. A few players that it's not really worth spending so much time on, not because they're not interesting or good players, but because actually they're really good and there's no argument here. Like, we just want to keep them. Um, two of those players are Saka and Martinelli. They're really, really good. Absolutely love both of them. Um, Saka got uh, double figures in both goals and assists this season, which is very impressive. I don't think Martinelli quite managed it. Let's go through our ratings for Bukayo Saka. My rating for Bukayo Saka is an A, I think. I'm not even going to... Um, yeah, just flat A. Seb. A. I've heard a German guy who does a podcast about Arsenal say he's the best red winger in the world. Nice. A. I also gave him an A. Lovely stuff. Yeah, I, th I think we, we waxed lyrical about him last week. Fantastic play. He's going to be 
key for us next season. I have no doubt what position he's going to play, what role he's going to play. I think a lot of the team is going to be built around getting the ball to him in the final third and letting him do his do his stuff. And I'm excited to see him do that. Um, you know, on Tuesday and Wednesday nights, he's cooking. So, yeah. He's going to cook. Absolutely. He's going to score a hat trick against Real Madrid. Hopefully. Gabriel Martinelli is next. I also gave him an A. Also an A? Yeah. Yeah. I think he deserves that, especially considering the jump he took in output, both in terms of goals and especially his creative output, actually really jumped this season. So Yeah, yeah a friend of the a. pod, Kieran, I'm sure, is giving him like an A-star plus. <laughs> or whatever. We need someone anyway, who does their head um, down through a brick wall dribbles. Yeah, I really want to see like what heights Martinelli can hit next season. I ho- I'm hoping, basically expecting a 20-goal season across competitions for him, but I think he has it in him, especially if we surround him with the right sort of system or put the right system in place for him, hoping for like a 25-sort-of-goal season before we even speak about assists. And I think he has that quality. Um, and yeah, I think one of the things that we've always kind of known about Martinelli is that opposition managers always talk about how threatening he is, even before the goals were sort of coming in. And I think, yeah, he's, he's a scary player to have to go up against. And yeah, that would be my challenge for him next season. 25 goals and maybe more goals in the big games, which I think wasn't, there was no reason that he didn't score in this one, but it would be nice to kind of put it to bed. <laughs> like I can remember like five big games he scored in which ones he scored in uh, he scored the opener oh, against Liverpool. Liverpool at Anfield okay. he scored the winner uh, he scored the opener against Manchester United which was bro- wrongfully ruled off yeah he yeah, scored yeah. The opening, I, had, I had that one in mind scored the I opening mean, goal against Liverpool at home apologies um, apologies I forgot like I he, forgot Liverpool was a were a big player. club momentarily. You're right. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I was actually trying to think of like City, Spurs. I don't know why. But you're right. He actually did score against Spurs. Spurs a big club. <laughs> it's, it's a big game. game. It's a big game. Big club. Yeah. True. Yeah. Who, who needs a comment section when we've got Seb right here to tell us? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry if that's an annoying habit of mine. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's needed. We speak so much shit on this pod. This is why we brought you in. Yeah. So it, Martinelli's non-penalty XG plus XA per 90 is 0.6. 0.3 um, non-penalty XG per 90. So that's a goal every three games. Can I, can I say, what do we make of that? Because it, I'm always surprised when I see that because I feel like he's so much more threatening than that. Mm. I mean, for context, Alex, good, what, the, what are the kind of numbers that you'd expect from like a properly elite winger? Like, what are we talking like really great output would be? From a, from a, from a player like Martinelli, 0.45 to 0.5, I think. 0.3 is a bit low for his XG, and I don't really get why, because I feel like the threat's there. Both Saka and Martinelli are quite high over their XG um, this season. It's quite a, it's become a talking point on Twitter amongst people who aren't fans of us. Uh, so let's not talk about Gabriel Martinelli's numbers. Let's talk about uh, Reese Nelson, because he does deserve a discussion. He's a player who... We also all thought was leaving at the end of the season as his contract was it is expiring, but now there are many happy noises about him maybe signing a new one. 
I'm rating Reese Nelson as an A plus. I was not expecting him to. But versus expectations, definitely an A plus. Yeah, Alex, what about you? So if it was like relative to the rest of the squad, it would even be a B minus despite him playing so few minutes. But yeah, it's an A plus for me as well. I was not expecting this from Reese at all. Um, he's been fantastic. I'm so happy that it's on. It seems like he's going to renew because. I really want him to stay with the team. I, I think he's the right profile for us. I think he can be a really important player for us next season. Similarly to Smith Rowe, I was annoyed that he didn't even get chances near the end of the season, um, especially if he's in Arteta's plans. But yeah, it, it's, it's next season's going to be interesting. I, I'm still not totally sure where his level is relative just to form, but he has his physical development over the the last two years has been crazy he he was never that like physically impressive a player he was kind of quick and burst at youth level but now he's got like long legs he's quite he's kind of grown and it really suits his dribbling style actually that he's grown into and he can hold the ball really well i also think his decision making is really good i think i spoke about this in a previous pod so I'll keep it short. But yeah, I think he can be a really important player for us. I also think he's good off the right, even if he is better off the left, which is which is a nice option to have. So so yeah, I'm big on us keeping him. And I would actually be comfortable with, with us not bringing in a high-level wide forward if we do. So yeah. See, here's the thing. I want us to keep him... Comfortable's the wrong word when it comes to us not bringing in a high-level wide forward if we keep him. I want us to. I think we should. But it becomes a kind of thing where if we don't get one, it's not like a bad window if we don't get one. Like, we can still have a good window and not pick up a higher-level wide forward. I, I, I think we do need another option out there just i mean i would i would like one yeah especially links to drb exciting because i think he's a profile that we don't have and also gives us so much more flexibility but i'm much more concerned with the midfield and actually even defense than i am with the attack mm. i know there's been a sort of discussion about why do people even think we're going to score as many goals this season because we have three players who overperform their xg quite a lot and i agree with that but i think we can be a lot more threatening with by improving the midfield and the defense to actually become more of a chance creating machine and in better scenarios or situations. So, so yeah, I would also want a wide player. I mean, I want as many good players as we can get, but it, it also does get to then where does everyone fit in, I guess. But yeah, yeah. so I'd want someone like Diaby, but I'd actually not go into the season if we have Reese Nelson. I wouldn't go into the season feeling like we're kind of fucked. Uh, I don't um, know. Maybe, maybe I'm too football manager brained. In I my actually think you're, you're probably more reasonable on this than I am because I'm putting a lot of a faith into a yeah. player that played about what 400 minutes this season. Yeah, but but that's my feeling, I guess. Yeah. My my biggest concern is like, and I've talked about it before, is we need a proper rotation piece for Saka that can replicate more of what he can offer as a natural left footer cutting inside from the left. Cutting inside from the right. Good thing Nico Pepe is like, coming back on loan from loan. <laughs> uh, we'll get to him. Uh, Seb, what do you make of Reese Nelson? You've literally said everything I've wanted to say. I didn't expect him to play any minutes for Arsenal, and he 
came up with the best moment of the season. A plus. Excellent. Next on the list is Leandro Trossard, a player who I think I, like, I I'm not going to speak for for you guys, but I was slightly underwhelmed by his signing in January when it, especially given he was like a second choice option. But I think for me at least he has exceeded expectations. Like I remember when we were talking in January when he first signed, and we said. If he gets like seven or eight goal involvements in the running, like that's a good season. That that's a good return from him, and he has, uh, and he's got eleven, ten assists, eleven goal involvements. I remember that we talked about this last week, and still pulling it up on his FB ref still surprises me that he got ten assists. That's so many. Um, Seb, what have you made of Trossard? I really like Trossard. I liked him even before he came to Arsenal. Um, I think he obviously had a great impact on the second half of the season, especially in the without Gabriel Jesus phase, um, bringing in someone who could actually replicate the things Gabriel Jesus does was incredibly important. And 10 assists when he basically started playing for us in February is crazy. Um, I do think he'll take up most of Nketiah's minutes. That's what I think next season. Um, I think he's a really, really valuable member of the squad, the most sort of versatile forward option we have, and someone who basically bulletproofs uh, the floor of our attacking line. Um, And I think he'll play a lot next season across the line. Probably not as much on the right, but definitely center forward and on the left. And he's really good. Uh, and B plus for me. Yeah, I, I didn't actually say it, but I agree. B plus. Alex? I gave him a B plus slash A minus. I liked him at Brighton. I didn't want him at Arsenal. I was quite underwhelmed when we signed him. I think he's proved me wrong um, in being better than I expected. I also feel like I overcorrected on him. I'm still not super convinced. I don't really like him in the wide areas. I think he can do a decent job there, but he's not really, doesn't move the needle out wide. I think he's really good, and I liked him at the nine. Um, and I like him in at centre forward. Actually, when we signed, I said that was the one position I'd be excited to see him play, and I think he's been good there. Um, he can also kind of play as an eight when we're really trying to throw, you know, the kitchen sink at it, but without really losing structure, which is nice. Um... So yeah, I think he's been a good player. Um, that's why A minus even did exceed my expectations to that extent. And looking forward to next season, I agree with Seb. He's going to be a very valuable piece. Um, but but yeah, I'm I, I'm still not super like convinced on him being like a very important player, especially if we do bring in another winger. Um, I prefer Reese Nelson to him. Maybe that's the hell in fan in me. But... Really depends on what you want, right? Like, if you want yeah. a control winger, there's not many better than Leandro Trossard there. Uh, if you want more explosion out wide, put Reese Nelson there. But also, if you just want an inside presence, like, his ball striking of both feet is incredible. It he, is. He moves inside the pockets extremely well. He turns. His ball mastery is, like, his ball control is incredible. He just no, offers a lot. 
He offers he offers quite a bit. He does offer quite a bit. I I like him. I like him as a player. I'm, I'm happy with going into next season. Um, I'm not as sold I think as as you and Seb are yet. Um, there's still something. I think it's mainly just him wide. I think Reese Nelson can do a controlling job as well as an explosive job, and that's my problem with Trossard is he is really good at all of these things. But you put him out one v one, he's pretty manageable. And I don't want my wide players to be as manageable as that. I want wide players like Saka, like Reese Nelson potentially, who you can play out wide and then not only do they have that ability to keep possession, to play it back in, but they can burst past their man. It makes you a lot more dangerous and that's where I feel like I still feel limited with Trossard. And then I think, okay, he's an option in the middle, but I think Abby J is a much better option than him than he is at centre forward ultimately. Um, but I don't want two Gabby J's necessarily. I like the fact that he can kind of be that guy who's like, if we have six forwards, he's the seventh guy, you know, in certain, in certain setups. He's the fourth, so that, I think, like fourth or well, fifth. Like yeah. in two positions, he's basically the second choice. He'll at play moment, like 2,000. Yeah. But I think even if you bring someone in, he's still like yeah. the uh, first referring... rotation guy. That's why I said he's like the, the, uh, the floor raiser of technical level in the forward line. like, And I agree with you on that. I'm just saying my conception of what I'd want him to be is yeah. not, the, not the second choice in two positions. But, but yeah, that's, I mean, fifth choice maybe across all of them. So third choice in certain positions, second in others. That's where I sit with him right now. I think he's a good player though. Um, and I think he's a Champions League level player. Um, but I don't think he moves the needle as much as I want going into next season. So, so Carl Anker of The Athletic, before every season, does like a bad predictions amnesty. And ahead of the 2021-22 season, my prediction was for Trossard to get 15 plus goal involvements in the Premier League. And he didn't. He only got 11. But this season he got 20. So let me just pretend I was saying that 20 is crazy. a year ahead of time. And so I can pretend that I'm right. Yeah, he got 20 goal involvements across Brighton and Arsenal this season. He scored a hat-trick at Anfield. Yeah, maybe I just need to shut up and let him do his thing. <laughs> <laughs> let's move forward to Gabriel Jesus. Firstly, let's do our grades. Um, it feels harsh to say B, but I think I think B is what my grading for him is. Like, I was expecting him to be really good, and he was really good. Um, he performed slightly above my expectations, especially like in the first half of the season. But I think coming back from injury, I was slightly underwhelmed based on my expectations from his first 10 games. So I think for me, that averages out to a B. Yeah, like in, in the first half of the season, he was like an A+. He was legit one of the best players in the world. Yeah. Performance-wise. He wasn't as much when he came back from injury. He was like a B-. minus. Which is still pretty good. Um, so that averages out to a B. He's a really, really good player. Although we could do with him dropping, uh, with him not dropping back into the pivot as much as he does. But he's him. He does what he does. For me, B plus A minus. It's the best player I've ever seen for the first couple months of the season. Yeah. He was genuinely outrageous. Um, yeah, he wasn't as amazing when he came back, but I, I still think that. 
levels out to a B plus A minus season, I think was incredibly important to our run at the beginning of the season. Um, so yeah, and an obvious keep. Um, sorry, this is kind of linking back to Trossard, but the the one thing I really do like about Trossard and why I'd want to keep him for next season is that I do think at least the current role for centre forward Gabriel Jesus was so important for us uh, in terms of the system, but also the qualitative. Like, he's a game-breaking player in some respects. And, yeah, we lost a lot when he got injured. Um, and obviously Trossard brought that back. But I still think Gabby J has that role fulfillment as well as the qualitative level that just makes us a really good team. I just wish he could finish. I know we've already discussed this before, but next season in games where, like, one of our wingers isn't playing... Can we see more winger minutes from Gabriel Jesus and maybe more centre-forward minutes from Trossard? I agree we should. That'd be nice. I don't think well, it'll the, happen. The thing is, though, there's no reason it shouldn't happen because I think it's objectively wrong. Sorry, Mikola Tete. It's objectively wrong to be toiling Trossard out wide and playing Gabby J central. It should. It Just to me, it should obviously be the other way around. We spoke about on the last pod why it's not that way, but it just feels plainly wrong. I hope we do see more... Gabriel Jesus out wide minutes. I do want to touch on his um, finishing ability. Obviously, he is the most legendary XG underperformer of our time. Do we see him getting more goals next season, less goals next season, or is this just the player what he is? How many has he scored this season? Uh, he's got... Um, 11 goals from 14 XG, 13.2 that's, that's in the league. XG. Did he not get one? I think yeah, he that's only got like one. Uh, he, he got no goals from no goals from one XG in the Europa League, and because I'm looking at FB Ref, it doesn't have okay. FA Cup. I'd, I'd yeah. wager he scores a bit more in the league next season, One partly just because he'll play more and not be injured for three months, I hope. But mm. yeah, it's hard to predict with him because we've said it before multiple times. Like, he's one of the players where you really see missed chances getting to him and sort of trickling into his psyche and sort of snowballing from there. Also, finishing is variance. So, like, yeah. he very well could, even as a career performer, have one season where he just bangs it. And I think that would be super helpful if he has that next season. Um, but, yeah. yeah. You... Like, if, if he scores 20 goals next season, then, oh, my word. We, we could be in for one hell of a yeah, season. Yeah, I'll be interested to see, I guess this links into the next part of the discussion, what the other centre-forward option is, because that's a big thing for me, is I want someone quite different to him who can swap, and I think Arteta does too, but yeah, whether these next two guys are different in the right way, I guess we'll, we'll see. The next pairing of players that we're going to talk about these players have felt like they've come in a pair for basically the whole year, except they haven't come in a pair. One's been playing and one's been out on loan. It does feel, though, that their fates at the Emirates are very much linked. I am, of course, talking about Edin Ketia and following Balogun. Um, we've talked about this a lot on the pods as if it's a one or the other discussion in terms of who stays and who goes. Alex, do you still think that's the case? Yeah, I see one being at the club next season. Most likely Eddie. Um, but I don't see both of them being there 
I think it's more likely that neither of them are at the club come the first game of next season than both of them being at the club. And I think everyone kind of knows that there's a decision to make now. I think it's more interesting to discuss, to have a discussion about who should stay and who should go than who is going to, because I'm pretty sure Arteta's going to stick with Eddie. And Balogun's quite happy to leave as well, so it makes that decision easier. But I think if we offered Balogun... I know he's, he wants starting minutes, but I think if we offered him starting off as the second-choice striker, for us with Champions League and the trajectory of the squad, I think he'd, he'd bite Arteta's hand off for it, to be honest. So I think it's interesting to think about which one do we actually keep. Seb's shaking her head, so... Not because of the discussion itself. I think that merits a lot of things. I just think if we offer him second choice minutes, I think with him now being like USA's number one striker, being like third or fourth in the Liga scoring charts, he has a perception of himself that he wants to play first team minutes. Not even in England, just anywhere. But like, it's 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 good to have that theoretical exercise of who would suit this group more. But also the thing is, I think with Arteta, even if you're starting off as second choice, he doesn't see you as second choice. He yeah. sees you as like. Yeah. So that's kind of what I, I meant. But yeah, I, I mean, who who would you prefer? Uh, I, I've always I, I've always had this thing where I like the forward group to be as many interchangeable pieces as possible, and I think Balogun would theoretically fit that a bit more i think we could play him out wide if needs be but he's a sort of really good dynamic uh center forward who did a lot of different things in different places he went like he in the youth teams and i think a bit at middlesbrough well he was a good back to goal striker link play really well in Liga, he was more of a last line breakthrough score type player i really like him i really like his profile uh he would he's the one i would like to see be here more even though eddie seems like the one who's far more content with the role we would be able to uh give them but yeah personally i would sacrifice eddie as much as i like him to integrate balogun into the first team squad i think balogun has a higher ceiling of the two of them balogun is the one that's more likely to surpass gabriel jesus in terms of ability i think Balogun could be a better striker than Jesus, whereas I don't think Eddie ever will be at this point in his career. And that is precisely why I think Balogun will leave this summer in in pursuit of a place where he can properly achieve that potential as their starting striker. Um, I'd love it if he would stay. Uh, I don't see that happening. And I don't really see Arteta forcing out Eddie to make it happen either. Like, I, I, There's no... There hasn't been any sounds to the about Eddie leaving like we've heard nothing about that really um so I think there's a general and I and the the rumor mill seems to agree with us here so maybe this is me just taking what I've heard and posting it as my own opinion but it seems like Balogun will be leaving I think it's still sort of it's a small possibility but I still think it's a possibility that Balogun starts preseason with Arsenal, s- takes souls in preseason, and sort of forces Arteta to say, "This could be my guy here." But I, th- it, it, it's a, it's a long shot. 
Yeah, I think this the window is still young. Things change quickly. Um, I don't think Balogun's going to leave before preseason starts because there've been no clear links to him going to a certain club. And the clubs that make sense for him all have uh, strikers now. And Leipzig are getting Openda, exactly. which is a great exactly. signing for them. I think Balogun also would have been. Just to contextualize like how different a player he's been from what he was at youth level to what he was at Rance, is the way that they built was they just built very directly. They used a lot of like half-space sort of guys and in Ito and Flips, kind of just play that ball through. And basically, Balogun's job was just to run onto the end of things and then be able to manufacture shots from angles. And he did that incredibly well. I don't think they had really the team to build with him being a bit more involved in the pockets and stuff like that. But actually, they did try to build towards that near the end of the season. I don't think it was linked to them suddenly losing all those games and while still losing a little bit of shine. Um... But I think, yeah, he he was doing that well as well. I think he's a really rounded player. I agree. Part of the reason, and I love Eddie, these are, I feel like these are two of my sons in a way. But <laughs> but the reason why I would sell Eddie is because I think with Eddie, you're going to get good money for him as well. Probably a similar fee, if a little bit lower than you would for Balogun. Maybe a considerably lower because of wages, but then also Balogun's wages. Um... But, yeah, he's not going to ever be that game-changing striker, whereas Balogun really could hit that level. I think Balogun's also a really good finisher with the type of chances we could create. I know that he was a big underperformer of his XG, which surprised me, but he also takes a lot of speculative shots, as well as getting on good ones, which is something nice. A striker with a really good, like, a variety of finishes in his bag. So, there's just a lot of talent to be excited about with, with Balogun. Um... I agree. Like ultimately, I think it's much more likely that Eddie stays. But yeah, I'm also interested. I don't know, Seb, if you wanted to add on there, but I'm also interested in how open you guys would be to losing both of these strikers, selling both, and bringing in a centre forward who's that focal point sort of player that I think Arteta has definitely been in the market for. Vuk Vegas to Arsenal 2023. <laughs> um. I follow a lot of United fans, and so I've heard a lot of moaning about how the striker market this summer is pretty dire. So I I don't personally want to see that this summer, because I don't see any immediate options that I want to be striker at Arsenal that are achievable. Um, but that's an answer in the context of this summer, not in a vacuum. In a vacuum, I think I'm, I, I'm pretty open to the idea in a vacuum. But I haven't put too much thought into it because there's not much point putting that much thought into it when this summer's what we're working with, and I don't think, I don't think there's anyone of that profile readily available this summer. Well, there definitely are players readily available in terms of profile, whether they're the quality, yeah, story, um, and also the 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 good ones are already like linked to really reputable clubs. Like one, we're not getting like Osiman or anything close to that like Hoyland was someone interesting he's probably going to United from what I've heard about Hoyland and what the way Alex talks about Balogun's time at Rams sounds like they're very very similar players similar, in what they've yeah. been doing last season so I want to watch a bit more of Hoyland but yeah but I think he has the he has the physical skill set to be a bit more imposing sense he's a bit more Haaland in the Bundesliga type yeah but I need to I need to watch more of him he's someone I'm yeah. interested in 
Um, but yeah, I take I take the point that there isn't really the right level player out there, and I definitely don't want Blahovic, who <laughs> seems to want. So um, I still think so he's yeah. going to buy out. And yeah, he'll do hopefully. good there. I think he'll do great there. To be fair, yeah. We haven't done a rating for Eddie. Let's do ratings for Eddie. I think my rating for Eddie is B. I gave him a B as well. B minus, perhaps. I, 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 when we gave him the fourteen in the big contract, which, by the way, I still think, if we were to sell him, like the contract we gave him is still manageable for most Premier League teams. Yeah, but that's and he's. Point. He's. I think United could go for Eddie and do really well with yeah. him next season. So. Well, like even I, I think Eddie is like there's a thing about perception, right? Like I think Balogun is at a point where there are clubs that he perceives are beneath him. Like mm-hmm. if a Crystal Palace were to come in for him, I don't think he would see himself at that level. I think he would rather be at Arsenal. Doing yeah, especially there. he sees himself as Milan. Champions exactly. League club levels, yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in with Eddie, I still think he has that sort of thing where he could go to like any Premier League team and do really well and like see the Premier League as his main thing and not sort of be a more, I want to be a starting player in a Champions League club. We are now onto the final three players on our list. Third of the final three players is Nicola Pepe. The question isn't, do we want to sell him? It's what do we sell him for? Zero. Yeah, I well, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess loaning him out would probably be the cheapest if we can find because Eddie, when he does these payoffs, he pays them still a considerable amount to you know cancel the contract. I'm not really sure about the financials of it. Whatever's the cheapest option. So no, what's what, so what do you if if he it was to be sold permanently, what kind of money do you think he'd go for? With his contract, I don't think any club is going to buy him. Ah. Yeah, I think the most likely thing is like a club taking on his wages but not paying any transfer fee. Yeah. And even then it's hard. So you're all saying that he should go back on, on loan on the assumption that no one would buy him? I don't even think it's possible to go on loan. I think he's in his last year, isn't he? Yeah, well, it, it's tech- you can loan someone out. He just never comes back. Yeah. <laughs> we just say clear out, clear out everything you need. You're on loan and then go wherever you need to go but yeah whatever's the cheapest thing i I don't actually think we're gonna get a fee for him which is crazy because we he's our record transfer but but yeah i don't i don't think we're gonna get the, the a big part of this is that i think we've come a long way but edu and arteta are still so blatantly obvious when a player has no future here yeah like the fact that trosser took on number 19 as a shirt number from our record transferred player who we maybe could still, you know, at that point, you you know, had hopes of extracting some fee. I don't think that the number, the shirt number stopped it. I, I think Pepe not having a great second half of the season did. But he's got six goals and yeah. eighteen appearances for Nice. He wasn't he wasn't bad for Nice, but he, he was just mm. yeah. Which I think is is how I think of Nico Pepe. Just uh. Meh and sell. Those are my two thoughts. Or loan. Or loan. Or loan. Just please do not play him in any football matches. Our final two players are Marquinhos and Mario Cozier Dubry. Marquinhos uh, had some bright sparks in the earliest part of the season, uh, especially in the Europa League where he got a couple goals, then went out on loan to Norwich. 
Uh, and Amario Cosio-Dubri, I believe, has been playing the season in our PL2 setup. Honestly, I'm just going to go straight to Alex, because Alex is the one who put them on the list. <laughs> so I think with Marquinhos, um, I think Lone both sounds like what's going to happen from reports I've read, and is probably the reasonable thing to do. Um, Cosio Dubri is interesting. I think he's probably also another sort of guy that we're going to line up for a loan. Mertesaka, since he's come in, does like to get these players' experience as early as possible. I think Cozy Dobry's come th- along great this season. He's been one of the standouts in the PL2. I know or I've heard that a lot of lower division clubs are looking at him, so I think he, he'll find somewhere. It's just about finding the right club for him um, so that it doesn't end up like... So some loans have gone badly, some have gone well. Um, for our academy players. He's a really talented player, so I think both are probably loans. I wouldn't mind keeping Cozio Dubri around for the first half of the season, keep him in around the squad. Um, it feels like, and this is just speculation, but it feels like Arteta seems to be quite a big fan of him personally and stuff like that. From from the Athletic article also read on him, there was a lot spoken about his attitude, and he feels like he could be an Arteta player, same way as Real Walters kind of is in that respect. So I'd, I'd, I'd kind of like to keep him around for the first half and then maybe find a loan. But if there's a good loan lined up, then then loan him out. Ultimately, sometimes you get those sort of things where it feels like it's great to have a young player around the setup, but then they actually don't play anything. And then they don't get a good loan because January's always a bit hectic. So I, yeah, definitely agree uh, that Marquinhos should go back out on loan again. I have zero opinions on Cozy Dubry because I've never seen him play. Uh, and yeah, that's about it. So if he goes out on loan and does great, wonderful. Tab, do you have anything to say? Not really, no. And on that explosive note, it's time to add the podcast. <laughs> uh, what a mammoth show it's been. I, I, I hope you've enjoyed the discussion of our squad and our season. Thank you for listening to part two of our squad review. Make sure you check out part one as well if you haven't already, so you know our feelings on the whole squad. I've been Alex Towles, and you can find me on Twitter at Alex Towles. My co-hosts were Alex and Seb. You can find them on Twitter at AlexFRCO and at Eulenberg underscore respectively. You can also find the podcast on Twitter at PotShotPod, and you can find links to all of these in the description to this podcast. You will also find a link to our friends at Scouted Football. If you've got the means to support independent sports journalism, please do check out their Kickstarter campaign. Our music is made by the wonderful James Blake. You can find him on all good music platforms at JW Blake. Hope you've enjoyed the show, and keep an eye out for our pre-season podcasts coming soon. Cheers. <laughs>